This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're woo 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 Hello and welcome to the Woo Verse. It is a deep dive into spirit, soul awakening, surviving pandemics, how to make the perfect chai, and just like general woo woo awesomeness. Uh, I'm Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And we are your hosts. And look, spoiler alert here we're a little woo woo. Uh, but we're also practical bitches and we are just taking it day by bloody day as we travel through these <laughs> wild times. Elle, how are you doing amongst the madness this week? I'm finding a lot of ways to put my thoughts to the side and I'm mm-hmm. focusing on what's in front of me. Mm, yeah, yes. I'm keeping it simple, keeping... Yep things really ordered I've noticed mm-hmm. my OCD has come out a little bit I'm Kicking reorganizing in, some cupboards yeah nice one mm. cool my stress baking is continuing and it's turned vegan now so oh. that actually I'm really pleased about that uh-huh. I've gone from regular baking to vegan baking but now I've turned into a bit of a feeder so I'm living on a property I'm very lucky actually I live on a property that's got three separate houses on it so there's actually two four six uh, six adults no five adults and various amounts of children who come and go on this property that I'm on. So I actually, I'm alone, but I'm together, which is lovely. Mm. And I've just become a feeder because I'm baking all this stuff because I'm stressed that I don't actually, I can't eat it all and I don't have a freezer. So I've just been supplying sugar to children that has not been asked for. And then has to be managed okay. by another adult rather than oh, me. Oh, that's not kind. Well so, yeah. <laughs> My children and I have tried to have some agreements around sugar during this mm-hmm. time, but a, a can of Milo might have slipped in somewhere along the line, and that was that'll that had get the party a few started. Crazy hours, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that I think little people are. This is really affecting them too, and they're not. They're not politicians. They're not in positions of power. None of the pandemic response has been crafted around the needs of kids. They're kind of missing out a little bit, aren't they? Oh, Jacinda Ardern, she's really great. Yeah, she does all right. But most places aren't thinking about the effect this is and the mental health of no. children and the effect this is having on them. And do you know what's interesting? I was talking to a psychologist yesterday and she said to me that after the Christchurch earthquake and Hurricane Katrina, they stopped school for a term. There was no school. They just stopped. Mm. And they actually found an increase in the rate children learned once they returned to school. So they just let them have the space, sit yeah. with the experience, go do what they needed to do. Obviously, you're learning every day anyway, being at home, being with your people, caregivers, going through the big experience, whatever that may be. 
And there was actually growth after it, but there is so much pressure if you have children at home at the moment to be running these online learning programs. And that's actually really, really stressful. So the can of Milo was probably warranted. (laughs) There was a great meme going around not long ago that was like, what a time not to have children. And I'm like, oh my God, I generally feel pretty good about my decision to not have children. And at the moment I feel really good about my decision to not have children. That can of Milo is just all for me, quite frankly. I don't have to share it with anyone. And it's fantastic. Look, so at the same time as all of this big stuff is going on collectively Mm. and consciously, subconsciously there is massive shifts happening on earth at the moment. Mm. And as part of this worldwide collective shift, dreams have become a bit of a thing for a lot of people, haven't they? Pandemic dreaming is a thing. Yeah, so much going on with sleep, connection to other states of beings and imagining. Have you had any perlers lately? Have you had any really excellent pandemic dreams? Well, I actually had been noticing the increase of dreaming and remembering the dreams and what they call dream lag the next day quite Mm. a few times. Like when it comes back later in the day? Yeah. Yeah, so it sticks with you. And that's a thing because you're still processing the mental energy Mm. of that dream. But the biggest one I had recently, which really caused me to go, what's going on here, was I was in the backyard in a dream with my family and in the corner there was this massive almost anaconda like python and it looked like it was kind of flipping around on itself and I was a bit distressed and then all of a sudden it started eating its own tail and I was holding the soccer ball as you do mom times and and I was looking over and I was thinking why is that snake eating itself and it just kept chomping more and more of its own tail and then I thought I feel quite safe that it's doing that. So then I played a whole game of soccer and then halfway through the soccer game, my partner said, oh, it looks like that just took care of itself. And then we just both looked at each other like thumbs up and then kept playing soccer. But I woke up going, that was with me all day. Mm. I like the looks like that just took care of itself. Mm. What about you? Look, I actually recently incepted somebody's dream. What? Didn't mean to, but totally happened. I needed to buy a car because I live in Australia now, apparently, and you need a car to get around. So I was in the market for a car. You were personally keeping the economy going. (laughs) Single-handedly. Dressing gowns and cars. So I found a car through a friend of a friend. She was asking more than I had. So I'd met her. I'd done a test drive. We had a phone chat later on. And she said, this is how much it is. And I said, look, I can't do that. This is the most I can go to. I can pay cash, sleep on it and see how you go. And if you want to, I'll come for another test drive tomorrow and we could do the deal on the spot and just left it at that. And so then I went and did the test drive the next day and knew I wanted the car, like wanted the car really badly, knew it was my car, but she didn't say anything. And then right kind of at the end when we'd done the test drive and I was like, look, how do you feel about the amount I've offered? How do you feel about that? And she said, look, I had a dream this morning. You came to me in my dream this morning and I was giving you the car and I was feeling really good about it and I was feeling really good about the price. So yeah, you can have it for that price. <laughs> like score. Jedi mind trick. Total Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. had another dream actually that was really, really interesting. And this is one of the dreams that I know means a very big turning point is coming. But I was somewhere in a very old flat and apartment that I used to live in with people and in walked 
all four of the members of U2, I was sitting with Bono. Who's your dream man in your dream <laughs> well, band you know, anyway. With, I just, old, old soul energy there. But I, it was this feeling, we had this massive conversation that times were past, that that would be the last time they came to Australia, that... I was really lucky to see it and that everything was now going to change. Absolutely everything was going to change. But we were looking out the window at these young kids smoking pot on their balcony outside the window and I was lamenting, oh, that used to be me. That was the olden Mm. days. And he was like talking to me about how the entire structure of life was about to change. And went when, through, when did you have this dream? Only a week ago. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And, Thanks, and, Bono. Yeah. And I know, it's, I think everyone has, and we'll get into this, but everyone has one of those people that come into their dreams that it's a mark of something bigger. Like it's probably not connected actually to him, but he represents some kind of massive change that is going on, whether that's because, you know, he has an energy of someone that I knew in another life or whatever it is. But whenever I dream of him or my teacher, that's it. Change is done. It's happening. My celebrity dream experience last week was Angelina Jolie and I hanging out in my dream. And we were in this like big. Hey, um, AJ. Yeah. It was like a four story kind of house, but it was also a jumping castle. It had like a bouncy castle. It had like bouncy walls and it was also like a revolving or like moving mosh pit and a bit WWF so anyone could just throw down anyone could just jump in there and get their aggression out and like charge into each other and so Angelina and I are standing there and she's like I'm going in so she takes off her like super expensive Louis Vuitton cardigan and hands it to me takes off her super expensive sunglasses and she's like slowly taking these things off and handing them to me so she could go and get in the mosh pit. I don't think that has a meaning. It's just really funny and excellent. Maybe Angelina Jolie has something that she needs to process. Mm, maybe we all need to jump into the mosh pit at the moment. <laughs> Look, what actually, so it's like fascinating to kind of say funny dreams and talk about dreams and hear dreams, but what is dreaming and why do we do it? Well, Disney would say a dream is a wish the heart makes, Kiralee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't dislike that but you Sorry. know look that's can of milo saccharin that is in aboriginal philosophy we know it as the interrelation of the worlds between people and all things from a scientific perspective psychological perspective philosophical perspective it's something that happens involuntary that is about images and ideas and emotions and sensations and even memories that occur while we are in the stages of sleep. And it's very vital, isn't it? We all do it, Mm. even if some people don't do it so much. We Mm. all have dreamt. We all do dream. Mm. Don't know if you've ever seen like a dog dreaming, but it's hilarious and like so sweet. Dog dreams. Dog dreams are the best. Dog dreams are cute. They are so cute because they sniffle their little animals do it. We do it. My son laughs in his dreams. All the time. Total. Like maniacally? Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. It's almost, it it makes us laugh. Like we can't, Mm. it'll go for 10 minutes. I've got a friend who goes the other way and she has night terrors and it's bad. Yeah, it's really confronting and upsetting while it's happening in the dream space Mm. and then when she wakes up and then there's like fear of going to sleep connected Mm. to having kind of dream trauma and sleep trauma. Oh, this is why we need to talk about this because this is such a huge thing for people. Like we often talk about what happens when we're awake but it's very Mm. rare that we take the time to have a think about what this whole other hour's 
of our day. A third of our life. A yeah, third of our life. So if you doing. live yeah, if you live to 90, you will, you've been asleep for 30 years. Oh I God. so have not been asleep as a mother of three children. I have not <laughs> slept that much. I am so pleased that we are talking about sleeping because this is my forte. This is where I get the gold medal. My family just sleeps. My mother sleeps. My sister sleeps. We like on Christmas Day, we all like have a collective nap in the afternoon. Like it's really our love language, I think, and like where we really wow. connect with each other. And I can like, I can do it as easy 12 hours. We are so different in this, aren't we? I, I send emails at what, 2 a.m.? I get emails three. from you at 2 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep. I'm working while Dolly Parton is channeling new material because she works also in the wee hours of the morning five. when it is yep. quiet and still. No, she actually, she actually. No, I'm sure 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. I'm oh, 9 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's so funny. Yeah, I have never been a massive sleeper. My mother is not a massive sleeper. Yeah, I do my best work probably sometimes after 11 p.m. If you really want to see evil Kiralee, you fuck with my sleep. There are two types of people. My partner's a bit like that sometimes. Mm. And if you like, you get me too early, you wake me up, you deprive me of my sleep, and it all the shadow arrives. And if you want to see like lovely, happy Kiralee, like you just let me have an afternoon nap, and then good times. It's good times for everyone. Isn't it amazing? Mm. This is so interesting. I love this topic because I think it has so much to do with our subconscious, our energy mm. field, and also the concept of what we're using all that time for. As well. Mm. well, yeah, because like we sleep is a physiological need. Mm. It's uh, our dreams have psychological um, aspects mm. to them as well. But shamanically, something happens when we sleep and when we dream. It is a process or a portal to touching other worlds and having energetic experiences. Do you know that a lot of dreams only last between five and twenty minutes? Yeah, right. But it feels like a lifetime. Yeah. And about 95% of your dreams are forgotten by the time you wake up. That hurts my feelings. (laughs) I want to remember them all. There are so many big experiences that happen in that phase, but you're completely unaware of them. Shamanically, we see that time as where you are either resting and rejuvenating the energetic system. So you're completely in sort of a shutdown, low computer mode where everything is being refilled which is really what I think we should be using the majority of it for and then the other aspect of that is that it's the dreaming space where we are connecting into that other dimension those other aspects of ourselves and a lot of healing healing can take place Mm. and also a lot of communication a lot of sorting can take place as well I feel like sometimes as well it's a bit of an alt control delete for the brain like, you know how that be. like cleans yeah. the computer out and then everything runs a bit quicker? I feel like our dreaming space, that can be good for us as well. Just run through it all, alt, control, delete, shift it through, make space. And perhaps we all come to terms it with. is true that different people can alt, control, delete during waking hours mm. or quicker than others who need more time more. In, that, yeah. in that process. Some of us are just lizards and we just need to sleep all day and it's fine. My partner talks about this thing that happens to me sometimes when I'm channeling. He calls it snoop dogging. And it's kind of like where I'm awake, 
but I'm so far out channeling. I'm kind of not completely in my body and my eyes kind of look like I'm asleep, but I'm not really. And that's terrifying. Yeah. He says he, he knows not to touch me in that state. If I'm channeling an email or whatever, and I kind of go into that Snoop Dogging space, he just kind of leaves me there until I, cause I'll just come back. Like I'll just arrive back and then just start typing again. It must be quite strange to sit next to. When my channel was first opening up and I was still a baby, I was still learning what I was doing and I wasn't closing things down properly at the Mm. end of channeling. I I, I got it under control pretty quickly because if I didn't close things down properly, it would just come through in my sleep. And there were a few nights where I had to wake up and go, shut up. Like they, he's like, then the guides saw evil Kirali because I was like, da, 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 da. like I'm asleep now. Stop talking. Leave me alone. I like, okay, fine. I'll close it off because I was just connecting and it was so easy for them to come through while I was asleep. Okay, so that's actually happening to a lot of children and a mm. lot of people who are naturally psychically open through these upper channels. They are not at all closed down into that gold bubble. They're not at all shutting their shop. So the lights of the runway for psychic connection are open all the time. And that's why that closing down experience is so great. Mm. The other thing about this shamanic concept that there is earth planes and dimensions and they can be accessed through sleep is the concept that when we go under anaesthetic, And, you know, anaesthetists are fascinating people because they understand this whole conscious world, unconscious world. But often shamanically we see that as going home or having a chance to be completely mentally unconscious, Mm. to have that connection with the higher part of yourself. So I'll often say to people who randomly go, oh, I've got to go in for this operation. It's so random. I go, nope, it's not random. If this is happening, especially around a major transition in your life, this is because you're going to get a chance to go home consciously while you're unconscious and get information and connection about what's happening, what's going on, what the future holds. You'll probably come back with absolutely no memory of it, but you'll get information. And often while you're coming back, people will say, oh, you were nattering about something, you were nattering about this. And if you wrote that down, more often than not, it would have messages in it because yeah. I've noticed that so much over the last 10 years. And paying attention to our dreamscape, really treating it as special, as important, as potent, mm. as a form of connection rather than just dismissing or, or discounting mm. dreaming and sleeping is really a powerful way to get in contact with yourself and your intuition and your guides. And so then we get really into interesting territory when we're talking about things like astral projection or astral travelling. And it's kind of the experience where the energy body or the astral body moves into sort of a conscious state but is separating from the physical body and Mm. is believed to have the capability of travelling outside of this plane into the more spiritual dimensions. And when we talk about planes, we're talking about levels of dimensional frequency. So we are in the physical plane and then there are a number of sort of different frequencies into the spiritual plane. What tends to happen is people fit into two categories. They fit into the category where it just happens when they go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will wake up saying, oh my gosh, I'm so heavy. I feel hungover. I feel like I've been somewhere else. Sometimes there's no memory of it. Other times there is conscious memory of where that person is going. Then there are other people who talk about conscious astral projection. 
And that's people who've learned to focus breathing, control the breath, deep breathing in, deep breathing out. And so there's this really deep pump that moves for about 20 minutes of getting a lot of Mm. air in, stimulating the nervous system and releasing the energy again. What happens is the person moves into what we call the vibrational stage. And at that point when the body is tingling and there is an awareness between the physical body and the energy body that they're ready to separate, the person consciously moves the energetic body or asks it to start moving out of the physical body in consciousness to another plane or another dimension. You are physically aware that you are rising out Mm -hmm. of your body in consciousness and you are moving off to somewhere. And that usually means that the person remembers where they're going or what the experience is and they'll come back with details. But I have heard of people who go on that journey, remember certain things to a certain point and then don't remember and then comes back. And that also happens with very, very deep meditations. I have that experience a lot in classes. Yeah, right. So people often talk about lucid dreaming and astral projection and they ask, are they the same thing? But lucid dreaming is simply the state of being aware within a dream and then astral projection is when you're having a conscious experience of leaving your physical body and moving into another realm and the other question people ask when you're having a like an OBE which is an out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. is that is it dangerous well if like can you get stuck in a projection And it's not entirely possible. I don't actually believe I've ever read anyone who's been completely stuck in another dimension. I have read people who do feel like they haven't returned themselves, like they haven't come back fully. And that's something that is very important to learn how to do. So Mm. we set time limits. We ask, you know, that all of us be returned before we wake. So you kind of set intentions before you go into something like that. And there's something in metaphysical worlds and studies that is called the silver cord. And it's a sort of a life thread that exists between the higher self and the physical body. And I think it's called the Anatta Akarana. Don't quote me on that. Terrible (laughs) at my Sanskrit. But it basically is the link energetically between these bodies. I believe that in most really healthy, strong, grounded people, they would that that silver cord is very strong. You know when you're leaving your body. Even when we're running meditation classes, we can feel when the meditation is done, people will wake up just as we're starting to end the experience, even if they're being way, way out. So it's all communicating all the time. Where the silver cord gets really interesting, though, is when we've taken a lot of drugs, particularly barbiturates, I find that I can read people who have passed over from a barbiturate oh. overdose. And and I only had this recently, actually, where I read somebody and I could completely tell that that person had taken drugs four times in the last 24 hours, but they didn't realise that each time they took the drug... Their energy body was leaving and disconnecting Mm -hmm. more and more from the physical realm. And they were coming into a place where they felt clear and they felt that they were fine and they could take more. But their nervous system wasn't registering how much drug they had taken. And so they thought they felt fine. But actually, if I had have stood in front of them at that point, I would have said, take no more. And that energy didn't register for them. 
that information didn't register for them because their energy was numb. So they took more and more and more. And then when I was reading the experience of it, I said to the person, it was the fourth dose. But by that time, they were so far gone. And I have read this so many times that it was almost like they just over time left their body. And then there's a point where they couldn't get back in. But I've only ever read that in that experience. I have not read it through people actually practicing or getting connected into the practice of astral projection and travel. Mm. Something that's really fascinating about the area that we're talking in is that that dream state is kind of the pregnant darkness, they call it, where lots of energy information and rewiring can happen as well. And I guess learning to consciously meditate helps you be able to do that in your dream state. And then you can start to get that play that we're talking about. I mean, I know people that sleepwalk. I I know a little girl that sleepwalked right out of her house and, you know, her soul body must have contacted one of her parents because yep. they got up and found the door open and then went out into the street and found her. It is rare, but it is something where we start to look at what's going on between that person's energy body Mm. and their physical body. Why are they not finding that peaceful space or that connection or communication that says we're all supposed to be in this place and we don't have to physically act it out or we don't have to go into trauma or we don't need to go back into the subconscious cabinets while we're sleeping. And I think really respecting your dream space and treating it as as something special where there is wisdom and information, paying attention to it, not dismissing it or discounting it is so powerful. It's such a powerful connection. I, I think so too. And even though I'm not a massive sleeper, I hope to be at some point when you grow up and a lot of that has to do with because I've been mothering a lot but the potency of that time is very very special for healing repair and awareness there's no scientific consensus by the way on what dreams mean the ancient Egyptians thought they contained messages directly from the gods so if you saw something that was it it was absolute Freud says okay it's a whole lot of sorting represents repressed desires Carl Jung you know healing internal conflicts and resolution and some scientists say deeper significance around how the body is biologically and chemically resetting itself but there's no real definitive answer yet this is why it's such an interesting area and that's what I like about it because it is so Mm. mysterious and wonderful and magical and it's like the wild west or like the the last frontier of our consciousness as well it's amazing and there's bigger forces that really have an effect as well isn't there there's like our individual experiences and maybe we are doing the alt control delete or we've got Mm. something we're trying to work through in our dreaming we used to as well call it the committee of sleep So if there was a puzzle that you just couldn't quite work out, you just let the committee of sleep work on it. And that is an expression, sleep on it. Sleep on it and see what comes up. Yeah, committee of sleep are the best. Hand it over to the committee of sleep. Oh, I love that. That is fantastic. Yes, Mm. absolutely. Think that that is actually real energetically you should not take this to to bed with you whatever the worry or burden is Mm. you know I say put it on the altar to be altered Mm. but um yes hand it to the committee of sleep that's they'll sort it out so we have our individual processes and forces but there's bigger forces as well because Mm. especially at the moment if we're talking about pandemic dreaming we are having a collective experience our collective unconscious is connecting 
So what are some of the bigger forces that affect our dreaming space and our sleep space and what, and how do we manage them? Okay, so full moons definitely affect us, right? Because the gravitational pull on our earth equilibrium, water eclipses can have yeah. a really the concept that there is magnetics between us and our moon. Mm-hmm. Equally massive weather experiences like yeah. cyclones, no yeah. rain. I know when there was no rain, there was a lot of electricity. Oh, lots of wind. Wind creates yeah. a lot of intensity. Rain, I think rain creates amazing peace for sleep. So, you know, there's some release in ions and people often sleep better when it rains. Mm-hmm. But equally these mass global experiences where can you imagine at the moment there's something like a 100,000 souls processing between the physical plane and the dimensional plane. And I know that so many people who are psychically connected said before they even really realised that there was that much processing going on because it wasn't happening in their direct area of the world, they said, it's like I've been up all night doing Mm. work. And so a lot of people who are very sensitive or stand at the psychic gate often have been saying, I've been feeling that adjustment with all the souls because, I mean, a lot of souls leave the earth daily, but not that many at once that and under that amount of circumstance, which is very, very stressful. Yeah. So you and I have two very different approaches to sleep. It, sleep is a spectrum, as are most things. Yeah. And we kind of, in the same way that our, in our families we learn what money means, we learn what emotions yeah. are and what we uh, do yeah. with them, in our families we learn how to sleep as well, but we also yeah. can change it if we want to, if we if we need to update or change our sleep pattern. It's one of the reasons why they think there is so much dreaming at the moment is that our routine has shifted. Shot. So one of the things that really dictates the type of sleep you have is the time you get up every day. So if you're having trouble getting to sleep, sometimes it's about making sure that that morning time is very, very set so Mm -hmm. that the sleeping is ready to happen at that yep. time. Now, because we've got wibbly-wobbly morning schedules, that's not necessarily leading to a night schedule. And then we're waking up, whether it's due to high carbohydrate consumption, alcohol consumption, it can be just stress levels. Some people are speaking to people in different time zones. Well, yeah, I think people lying in bed worrying. Worrying, mind activity, not enough exercise. So even yep. if you're going for your one hour a day, you're not walking through your day at work. You're probably sitting more in a confined space. So all of these factors have a big effect. We, when we're teaching children how to sleep, it's the concept that people get used to sleeping in a certain type of bed, a certain type of temperature at a certain time of the day, a ritual to go to bed, whether it's a bath or a shower or when they eat. And we get very, very ritualistic around this because it's determined by our circadian rhythm, which is supposed to be natural. However, our world has so many things that interfere with that circadian rhythm. So what you'll find is the more time you spend in nature in the afternoon or the morning, your circadian rhythm will respond watching the sun come up or go down. If you keep the routine of always eating at a certain time and sleep and bathing and then resting, taking electronics off about an hour and a half before you go to bed, 
it all starts to have this compounded positive effect of I am ready to shut down. That's really what we're trying to teach the system and the body. I'm ready to get out of conscious brain. We kind of learn that a bit as kids, don't we? Most kids have a bedtime routine. It's like whatever it is, like bath and book and bed, right? Like, And then as we're adults, we lose that. And I don't know if you do this, but the amount of times I just like will find myself late at night pinging around the house and I'm ready to sleep. I really am ready to sleep, but I haven't got the ritual or the routine to slow myself down. So I just watch another episode and then I get sucked into that other thing that I'm going to do and I'm exhausted, but I'm actually too tired to go to bed. Because I'm having trouble making the decision to cross over into into the other world. Well, unsurprisingly, I had twins that never slept. So I used to say to my partner, I swear to God, they share eyelids because one would close their eyes and the other would <laughs> the open. just open up. And I eventually learned a lot about how to get to sleep and teaching people how to get to sleep by helping them learn how to get to sleep. And now they will say, I'm ready for bed. Can you put me to bed? Which is just like every time they say it, I want to cheer from a mountaintop. There certainly should be some sort of balloons that fall from the (laughs) sky or a brass band that appears to mark that. We had, I think it was three sleep consultants. And I think we beat every single one of them. Not that I wanted to. I feel like I could be a sleep consultant. I feel like that might be my calling actually. Well, there you go. Everyone needs a plan B. (laughs) And we started to look at them and go, okay, why is none of this working? And some of it was that they are very strong-willed and we could not force their rhythm. We just could not change their rhythm. to go with it. Yep. And so we had to start learning to work with it. And I would encourage anyone who has trouble sleeping to start looking and working with your own rhythm. Try yes, different rather things. than pushing against it. Don't, I found this screaming and pushing and it just didn't work and I couldn't do it. I was crying. They were crying. It was horrible. But what was interesting was that as I started to, and everyone says, don't lie with them, don't do this, but I sit next to them or lie with them to start with or whatever. I would say to them, okay, I'm going to teach you how to go to sleep. Close your eyes. Close your mouth, breathe, and tell your brain it's time to go to sleep. Now, Mm. I've been repeating that for two years, nearly every single night of their life. It's time to go to sleep. We close our eyes, close our mouth, and I might whisper something to them or speak or do a meditation or listen to some music. We play the same music every single night before they go to sleep, and it's so interesting. But that process of, yes, of course, we need to close our eyes. We need to stop speaking, and we need to tell our brain that it is time to go to sleep. And when you breathe deeper, guess what your brain does? It switches off. Yeah, and calms down. Your whole nervous system calms down. Yeah. yeah. If we're watching another episode or we're watching the news. It doesn't help. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Or we're texting or yeah. we're on Instagram. Everything yeah. says wake up. It yeah. doesn't say go yeah. to sleep. Do you know about bimodal sleeping? No. So bimodal <laughs> sleeping apparently in pre-industrial Europe that people slept in two shifts, especially if you were agrarian. Is that the right word? If you're a farmer. So you're out in the fields, mm. it's exhausting work. You're in the fields from sunrise to sundown mm. and then you get home and you're smashed. So you'd have dinner and go to sleep almost straight away and you'd sleep in two shifts. So then you'd sleep till about midnight, wake up for an hour or two, go back to sleep. No, maybe earlier, sleep till about 10, 11, wake up for an hour or two, go back to sleep until kind of four or five. And it was really understood that everybody slept in two shifts. And there was an hour in the middle of the night where the household would either just lie in bed. A lot of, apparently that's when you had sex. Um, maybe you'd eat. It was dark. There was no electricity or anything. So you wouldn't maybe go outside, but there was this space inside between sleeps 
where I bet you amazing daydreaming happened. I bet you amazing connection could happen there. And we've, because wow. again, we, we live in this really industrial world now where you've got to get up, got to go to work, there's lights, there's camera, there's action. We don't sleep like that anymore. But for so long, humans, at least in Europe, they've got evidence of it. Humans did sleep in two shifts. Love it. it which is interesting, actually, Kiralee, in this phase of pandemic energy and dreaming, because initially there were people who reported that they were sleeping better, probably because mm. they didn't have to get up to go to work. Yep, and they were time. running more on kind of a more relaxed holiday rhythm of energy if they weren't on the front lines and they weren't experiencing some of the horrors of this initial phase. But then that turned into restlessness and discord. So, yes, I can see how we have been living in a go, go, go society mm, without so concepts of rhythms and awareness of those connections to the energy of our world and we have cut off from them. And then suddenly we're probably more in a state of truth where we're trying yeah. to figure ourselves out and so all the dreaming is happening yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, these stages of dreaming and these stages of sleep, some people just don't reach certain stages. So Because it is they, a biological system and we're all different, right? Everybody is different and everybody's yeah. dreaming capabilities and capacity is different. Yeah. And, you know, how many people are taking melatonin now? Every night, melatonin gummy. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Melatonin. <laughs> is my, I've, oh my God, I only discovered melatonin recently and I love to sleep and melatonin knocks me out and I love it. I just love and it. And there's short acting it. and long acting, which I didn't know. And you, it's a gummy and it's just like a little snack that you eat before bed and you sleep like a queen, best thing ever. Yeah, but it's interesting. Why do we need to take yeah, melatonin? Something that's already in us. Yeah, and we're mm. now like, oh goodness, we need to do this thing that's already in us and it makes us wonder then, are we not, looking at the sun enough, the moon, connecting to the earth grid, you know, probably. Out of my rhythms, my circadian rhythms. And then we're probably not even, when you look at the studies, people are not even reaching the third and fourth stage of sleep where the delta waves are produced. And the delta waves are where you're in a deep, deep, deep sleep and then comes the rapid eye movement. So if we're not getting to these deeper phases we're getting these kind of superficial sleeps and they are saying that we're remembering more of the dreams during this time because we're not dropping deeply for as long because there's a stress around do we need to connect with these really deeper phases of sleep in order to connect to our intuition deepening of dreaming practice the part of our sleeping and dreaming that is very spiritual that is connection to different frequencies and vibrations and the portal to healing that is the possibility in all of our dreaming and sleeping if we can learn and choose to access it I think the answer is overwhelmingly yes yeah. however what most people find when they start turning on their intuition is that their sleep is initially disturbed yes and I didn't like it yeah you didn't like that at all I remember that got over it dealt with it <laughs> not happy so one of the most important and powerful things whenever you're looking at making your dreaming more conscious or when you're looking at how you can have better sleep even or better return 
out of sleep state into the physical world is to really go back to that base chakra energy that we talked about in the very early episodes Mm. where we have to learn to ground our energy but also seal ourselves in that gold dome because all of that sets up an energetic connection with the earth plane. So we're working with the base rhythms of the plane that our physical body exists on. And there are, we've all met them, and I used to be one of them, people who live in a body but they're not all in the body. And so sleep state is a really interesting place for people who are not all in their body because it's kind of like the place where they go off and play and dance and be in other places but sometimes if you don't have a lot of grounding and you haven't been working on putting sort of that energetic skin around you it means that lots of energies can get in and it means that the doorway to the spiritual highway can be really really open but you don't really know or you haven't got a filter for what's coming in and what should be kept out. And so that can be a time where people describe very disturbed sleep because spirits are walking in or yeah, they don't, totally. and there's the spirits they don't know, oh they gosh. don't have a loving, warm feeling about, and there's almost like hauntings in dream states. So, you know, even with children who are having disturbed sleeps or whatever, I say go back and put the gold energy in the room, ground to the earth for 20 minutes a day without your shoes on or in visualisation process and really get that set up so that the sleep state and the physical body are much, much more in a sort of protected and harmonious state with the earth plane. I do get updates in my dreams. So I've, it's because I'm quite in touch with my intuition now and, and with my guides and they do come to me in my dreams. I had a dream recently. There's a friend that I am not in contact with anymore, unfortunately, but she was pregnant. And then in the dream, I learned that she'd had the baby and I kind of wake up going, oh, she had the baby. It was a boy. Okay, cool. All right. Yep. Great. Mm. All's well. Okay. And sometimes I find that, yeah, it's like you do, you really, it's almost like the Harry Potter owls delivering yes. the mail in yes. your sleep. You arrive and you wake up and all of a sudden you just know something. You're like, oh yeah, okay, cool. And yeah, Harry's interesting close. in terms of talking about dreaming because you'll notice throughout the films and the books that his dreaming increases as he's getting more and more information from the yeah. spirit world about what he yep. needs to do. Equally, his remembering starts to come through in his dreams too. So there are different kinds of dreaming. One was getting information, the other is remembering. Yeah, yeah. and there's like if we want to really talk about our favourite TV and literature characters who have dreams that really help them, Buffy the Vampire Slayer has prophetic <laughs> dreams. She gets a lot of information about what's coming next from her dreams and we can too, right? I have massively prophetic dreams but mm. they're very different in colour And I wake up feeling very clear about them, almost to the point that I could write every detail. Whereas when I'm just sorting information, it's a lot more blurry and weird and jumbled. But prophetic dreams are like you could you could shoot it like a movie. Yeah, right. And do you know that they've done research and there are fifty five themes that have been identified as major themes of people's dreaming. And they're hilarious. They're not all what you would think. What do we dream about? What do we dream about? So one of the top ones is school teachers studying and authority figures. So is that a bit like of a stress dream as well? Is that the like, oh, no, I have to teach this class, but I'm not ready? Or like I, yeah. all of a sudden I'm giving a speech and I'm not wearing any pants? Or is it or more maybe like... it's got to do with that was a place where we felt most we could be exposed mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. we'd lose control because, you know, often you can stand up and start reading or you get pulled up in front of a whole group of people. Yeah, yep, but it's interesting yep. that it's not job or 
workplace. Mm. It's actually back at school. Yeah. Mm. Being chased or pursued is yes. the other one. Yeah. Won't surprise you, but sexual experiences are up there. Look, just going to put this out here. I orgasm in my dreams sometimes. Yeah, and I sometimes wow. wake up orgasming. Yeah. Not as much as I'd like to, but yeah, I do occasionally wake up in the middle of an orgasm being like, didn't plan for that. Don't quite know how that happened. I don't think that is as rare as you think it is. I think yeah, that okay. yeah, a lot of people have that. Bodies. Yeah. How good Bodies. are they? How great Bodies are they? Are the best. <laughs> falling. Falling? Have you had a falling yeah, dream? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Falling, falling dreams. dreams. Yeah. Yep. Tripping. I'm very clumsy, so in my dreams <laughs> a lot, I trip and fall over. It's just real life blurring into dream life. Arriving late. I'm always late, so yeah, whatever. So <laughs> I have these radio stress dreams where, because I worked in radio for so long, that that's where my stress dream takes place. And it's always that the song is about to run out. And the next song isn't quite ready to go or you can't get back to the studio and there's going to be dead air. And I haven't worked in live radio in like 15 years and I'll still every now and then have a radio stress dream and wake up so relieved that actually I don't work in radio anymore. It's not a problem. The song can't run out. But when you're in it, it's like that obstacles. You know you've got yes. to be somewhere and obstacles just keep yeah. getting in your way and you can't get there. Yeah. I can safely say I've never had a dream about arriving too late. Ever. Great. One of the next top ones is a living person that is dead or is passing in the dream. Dreaming of somebody who's alive now dying. Is yeah. that what that mm -hmm. is? Yeah, yep, okay. Yeah. Then the opposite, a person who's passed being alive again. Oh, I love it when the people who have passed yeah. come into my dreams. There oh. are actually ways that spirits do connect and it's usually the first way once someone's passed, once we're calm enough, once we're in a space that we're not thinking necessarily yeah. I want to connect I want to connect it with them as soon as our conscious mind can let go that's often one of the first ways the spirit will connect and I think it's worthy of saying a living person being seen as past in a dream doesn't always mean it's that not that person is passing yeah. no yeah. in fact yeah. it's usually there's a change change in the relationship yeah. change in the energy change in the person when my grandmother when my granny Pat was dying I was in Berlin and she was in Australia and it it was we knew that she was on the way out and I wasn't going to see her before she, she got to go. So every night before I went to sleep, I'd just say, Pat, if you want to come and say goodbye to me, I will receive you. And it took me about three or four nights and then she turned up and we got to say goodbye to each other in my dream and we yeah. hugged each other and, oh, God, it's I'm going to cry. And it was so beautiful and that's how I got to say my goodbye. Even though I was on the other side of the world, I got to farewell her. My family used to have a dog, a Staffordshire Terrier, who we loved very much, called Socabella Macarella Funny Fella, full name. And people, how do you, how do you go calling Socabella Macarella Runny Fella uh, at the park? Soccer, just soccer. But <laughs> he used to get postcards from all of us because we were older by the time he was old, and we used to send postcards to him from all over the world. And he used to have them stuck in his dog kennel. And he, whenever he comes to visit me in the dream and is barking, I just like wake up a blubbering mess because he's like, "Hello there, little sir." Anyway, flying is another dream. I don't, love it. Yeah, some people are really into the flying dream. I used to have them when I'm younger, but not so much now. I lucid dream. And yes. so in lucid dreams, I've realized I either fly or eat. Like they're the only two things I can think to go to when I wake <laughs> up in the dream and I realize I can do anything. Yeah, it's always either flying or eating. I'm not very creative, but I love it. Any of my prophetic dreams... I'm lucid dreaming and lucid dreaming for everyone out there is where you are in management and awareness and control that you are dreaming in the dream. And a lot of people will say that about flying dreams, mm. but I think there is some big dreams that people 
have that are collective where we're eating food, spiders, being killed, losing teeth, you know, swimming, being nude is another big one that rated high on the list. Violent beasts, snakes, having magical powers, finding money, seeing yourself in a mirror. I thought that rated really highly. Seeing an angel. Wow. That one was a big in children apparently. Yeah, okay. Seeing and being an object was one of the most abstract on the list. That is Have you ever been an object? Um, no. Like, like I'm a hairbrush yeah. or something, or I'm like, I am the salt and yeah. pepper shakers. You are the refrigerator. Oh, wow. No, but I'm looking forward to when it does come. I am a clear quartz crystal. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought exactly the same thing. I thought, oh, what object would I be? As long as I'm not the toilet seat, I'm fine. I can handle it. <laughs> Talking about lucid dreaming, that it's so powerful the idea that we can be in control of our dreams mm. that we can learn to be so comfortable in the dream space that we can start to exercise our will yeah. and then use that dream space really actively for our own healing or flying because I'm again not very creative um our own healing our own enjoyment our own pleasure our own exploration mm implies that we can then start to do that in our in our day-to-day life in our waking life as well yeah and again to bring back harry potter into (laughs) our conversation at the moment because we're all obsessed with it you know when um professor snape is trying to teach harry to not let the dark lord into his thoughts and he has Mm -hmm. to use his mind to sort Mm -hmm. of get control of his mental space in some ways and we're not occlumency classes yes is that we start saying this is my space Mm. i want to work in that space i want to manage it not control i think there's it's very important to talk about that Mm. because controlling it means that you're not co-creating and open but be active it's more about being activating than in control yeah but i think one of the big things that we can safely say is that If you want to do that, it's important through your daily activities to start working out what's going on in your mind on a conscious level. They've done lots of studies around people who have, for example, lots of stress and lots of migraines have lots of really deeply disturbing dreams. People who are musicians will tend to dream more musically and poetically. People who experience nicer smells and visions during the day tend to have calmer, more open dreams than people who are surrounded by pungent smells, for example. So we can set up a better system for this whole back-end work by taking more management and awareness of the conscious time that we're awake. Yeah, and one of my favourite suggestions on how, if you're interested in exploring lucid dreaming, One of the ways you can start to train yourself to be active in your dream space is in your waking space, constantly ask yourself, am I awake? Am I asleep? Mm, Yes, I love that. And throughout the day, really check in, am I awake? Mm. Am I asleep? Am I awake? Am Mm. I asleep? Which is like, if you're a tripper like me, that is Mm. just a great question to be asking yourself constantly anyway. Mm. And then you'll be able to do it more naturally when you're in the dream space. You'll be able to get to the point where you'll be like, hold on, am I awake or am I asleep? And that is coming into into awareness. And then if you are having a nightmare or there is something intense going on, you can break it because you can go, oh, no, this is a dream space. I don't need to feel yeah. that overwhelming emotion. I'm safe. Absolutely. And they've done lots of research as well to find that people who are repressing thoughts, repressing 
unresolved experiences in relationships. So say you haven't let go of an old lover or an old flame or you didn't resolve something with someone from a workplace or a friendship, that is more likely to reoccur and it will take around seven cycles for you to become sort of in management or to have some process around that memory or that dream. So the more we do in the working day, the lifetime, you know, the processing during our waking hours, the more we can then consciously say I'm sleeping, but I am using my consciousness to process and to connect in that space. The other thing that's interesting in this is that often people will have their first meeting of, like we talked about, a loved one from the other side, your granny Pat, for example, Um, my puppy and my granddad often come to me. But the other experience that I have had, and it's interesting that a lot of children talk about dreaming around angels, but people will talk about connection with spirit guides or spirit helpers in their dreams, particularly around times of massive change or stress. That is true. And if you pray or connect with a particular deity, they have been known Mm -hmm. on irregular occasions to venture into dreams. The other thing is the concept of a Patronus or a spirit animal, which will often reoccur. It's not a one-off. It's usually a reoccurring thing. If it's going to be something that you take as your guide many times, Mm -hmm. yet it is possible, for example, like me with the snake or someone who's going through a change of innocence might see a deer or we we talk about the white rabbit, which means breaking through the matrix or going past what you Flamingo dreams, baby. Flamingo dreams here. But that will also occur. It, it, it does have a sense of awareness around it, like you're aware that it was there and also you will have a sense that it is part of a bigger picture and a reoccurrence I think mm. is something you're looking for. And everybody's spirit guides do speak to them differently and some spirit guides do speak through dreams. That mm. is how if you're wondering, how do I connect my spirit guides? Is, do, am I shown symbols? Do I hear it? Do I feel it in my body? If you're exploring how to get in contact with your spirit guides and and really be in contact with them yourself, check out your dream space and you can ask a question as you go to sleep and see and ask for an answer. Ask the question, ask for an answer. Don't do it just once. Yeah. Do it a few times and see if you can receive the answer. And using a dream journal is a really good idea to, if you're interested in exploring your dream space, to really make sure that the first thing you do each morning is not pick up your phone, but pick mm. up your dream journal and, write. and your pen and just write, write it down because you'll notice they disappear pretty quickly. So it's good to get it down straight away if you can. I explained the dream earlier in the episode about Bono coming to visit me. I don't think it is Bono per se. I think my spirit guide who looks very similar sometimes in features almost transposes into something that as I was younger saw as somebody that I would connect with and sometimes your spirit guide won't always come in the form of themselves they come in the form of someone that you will have a very random irregular reoccurring experience with. Beyonce turns up in my dreams quite a lot and it might just be because I'm like fully obsessed with her but it always feels like being visited by the queen. The morning after I wake up and Beyonce was in my dreams, I'm like, I've had one Beyonce dream before I gave birth and I thought Sasha Fierce is in the room. (laughs) She's coming through. (laughs) What does it mean? Like occasionally my friends and my clients tell me that they dream about me and it's interesting to think about myself and I turned up in that woman's dream when I was buying the car. Mm. But what does it mean for someone like Beyonce who is so well-known worldwide Mm. 
She's turning up in people's dreams all over the place. What does that mean for her energy? Or is it completely separate from her energy and it's just completely connected to the energy of the people dreaming of her? Yeah, sometimes you can feel it. Like sometimes I will feel and think of that client or that person as well. And I'll often write to them and they'll say, oh, you're in my dream and you told me that. Does that mean Beyonce woke up thinking of little old Carolina in Australia? No. No. What happens other times is their energy is in public forum, public consciousness. And so like I guess you've seen a vision, you've seen the dress and you've found the dress in your local community but you didn't get the dress from Paris. Do you know what I mean? It's a replicated dress. Secondhand. Yeah, or an an image of it. Upcycled, recycled. Whatever, yeah. Vintage. So she's not, I mean, she would have to on some level have consciousness that her public energy is open for that connection but she would also have a private energy. I don't think anyone can last too long in that if you don't have those two energies locked in a certain way. But, I mean, you would have this experience too. People dream of me all the time and say, you told me to do this or this was happening or whatever. And there's sometimes where you just don't have any connection or understanding of that, but you're aware that Mm -hmm. you're that person for them. On some level, you're a guide, you're an access that their spirit will trust. So maybe their spirit guide has used that connection to build that trust or awareness of that message. Yeah. Mm. If we feel really strongly about something, not just Beyonce, but like emotional Mm. somethings, if we are in grief, if we are in anger, if we are in conflict, if there's something really big happening in our lives or if we've got a choice and we don't know how to make it, yeah. Is it, does that mean we then dream about it, that it shows up in both the conscious and the subconscious or the unconscious? Well, interestingly in research they've discovered that we dream more frequently in a year of bereavement. So if we're grieving yeah. something for an entire year, I can speak to you that. will dream yep. more frequently. Females yep. tend to dream more than men. Pending your emotional connection, so say we were to look at people as being sensitive semi-neutral or neutral in their emotional connection to the world and then avoidant it's sensitive people who dream more and remember their dreams avoidant people will often say can't remember my dreams don't remember anything so it says something that emotional awareness is also affecting the dream space yeah yeah and if it is somewhere where you can hand things over to the committee of sleep, it makes sense that the committee of sleep might even step forward if you're not handing things over and be like, we'd like to help you sort through this daytime problem at night. Yes. We're here for you. Yes. In pregnancy, the dreaming is higher in the last trimester, which makes a lot of sense true because you're carrying so much water in your yeah, body. Like okay. the volume of water is higher. Um, a lot of people dream in colour. 80% of people under 30 will dream in colour. So that's, you're dreaming more vividly when you're in that younger age bracket, unless Mm. you keep your energy awareness open to wanting to keep dreaming. And I think that's, that's a big thing. We have to see this as something we want to activate continuously and work with through our lives. Yeah, it's something. So if we don't process our emotional charge, it can end up in that nightmare energy talk about nightmares what's the difference between dreams and nightmares so a dream will generally have a positive structure or take us on a journey of meandering but a nightmare Mm -hmm. is sending a chemical frightening reaction through Mm. the system and it 
wakes us often in like some people have even described like the paraplegia during a nightmare yeah and waking up and not being able to move I've had that it's terrifying yeah when you wake up and all of a sudden your body just doesn't know how to move anymore because it has shut your limbs down so that you don't act out your dreams and then it hasn't caught up quick enough but you don't know that you just wake up in a body that won't move it's yeah awful especially if you're coming out of a nightmare and you want to move yes and then you're stuck it's like oh it's not good and and nightmares I would generally say from reading people who've come to see me about nightmares, and this is not a scientific research base of information at all, but just from speaking and reading people, generally there is some repressed unresolved energy that that person is trying to get to but feels too afraid. And it's really fascinating when you look at what people have been dreaming through these COVID experiences Mm. because in Cambridge University they're doing all these collections of studies around this and people have been dreaming of pop culture a lot like Hunger Games, the Kardashians and they're saying they're looking for heroes to help us. And the familiar I guess if you've watched 72 hours of Keeping Up with the Kardashians (laughs) you feel like you know those women so if they come to your dreams you're like oh sister thank you hi welcome let's talk about our nails. Chris Jenner, we need you to help us through the pandemic. Yes, yes. The other thing people have been dreaming about is and having nightmares about is missing snacks, which I thought. Oh. Or like no toilet paper anymore. You're wiping your butt with a coffee filter. <laughs> <laughs> it reflects, you know, the concept of being deprived. And yeah, when we deprive yeah. ourselves, we often bring it back in our dreams. Mysterious figures, and they they're talking about that, whether it's animal or human, about this concept that there's someone else making our decisions for us, and it's not always someone we know. So we're hearing information all day. Oh, you're not allowed to do this anymore. You have to stand on this cross before you go into the supermarket. You need to wear this mask, or you don't. And all these mysterious figures are representing people who are presenting this information, but mm. we don't know them, and. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's really interesting. And this really brings us back around to what we were talking at the beginning about pandemic dreaming, which we're Mm. doing at the moment. And the fact that dreams are inspiration, they are creativity, they are Mm. portals to healing, they're tapping into other worlds, they're resistance, they're spiritual practice. And they're an opportunity for us right now to have a space where we can start to dream up what comes next. Daydreaming, creation. Yeah, Yeah, we're kind of tripping in a way, like people... Uh, starting to open up the mental space. I guess when we don't go to work the same way every day, we're not rats we're in out a, of the same cage, even though yeah. we are essentially you know, living in very confined ways. We mentally have had a shake-up. So we're mm-hmm. now starting to let in new ideas, new thoughts, new ways of being, like even making telehealth appointments. And, of course, they've always been on the cards, but the level of speeding up around that has been phenomenal. So we're learning new things really quickly and we're coming to grips with new possibilities and that yep. is feeding in to what could be next. And new paradigms. We can't mm. dream up the new world using the same rules and tools as we had in the old world, especially the busyness, the Mm. busyness, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, the grind culture, Mm. the like, all of that was exhausting and it Mm. was so toxic. None of us Mm. really enjoyed it. We've now got a lot of us now have a break from it and we need to tap into the power of dreaming and soft and space and other worlds and inspiration to pull, dream up what comes next because we've never seen it before. 
And we need to get those ideas from somewhere and we can't get them from the past. We need to get them from kind of from, from the dream space to bring into the future. Did I yeah. just like a giant hippie? I don't care. I mean it. <laughs> I just feel like some kind of dolphin stoner art might be in the backdrop of this podcast. Oh, my God. Yes. Pass the duchy to the left-hand side. Let's go. <laughs> but, you know, we can do that while we're awake by sitting and thinking, okay, well, what next? I love to do a what next. Okay, all the doors, all the possibilities rather mm. than – so, you know, I've been working with a lot of people who have lost their jobs. Maybe they were working in a hair salon and they've never done home hair. They're, you can't do hair through the internet. So they're like, what next? And it's like, okay, what are all the options that we're – think big, like think yeah. out the sides, more, 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 more. Yep. And it's funny when you start expanding the possibilities, expanding the consciousness, what happens is something gets triggered inside that says, oh, that that sounds like something I haven't pulled the thread of before. Yeah. I mean, what people usually say is they might say, I don't do wedding hair. I'm not an updo person, so I'm just not doing that. Or I'm not doing online yoga. That's not me. Okay, that's not you, but what is you? So you just mm -hmm. keep asking open door questions. Yep. And I think sitting in a space if you can't just sit down and start meditating, which a lot of people have been training to do for a long time by the time they get visions in meditation, yeah. it's doing something like a mandala coloring book where mm -hmm. you start using color and shape because you'll know from Ayahuasca, Kiralee, that the geometric um, shapes and sacred geometry is access points into the other yeah. dimension. Yeah. And so all of those mandalas are really powerful. Yeah, my suggestion was going to be psychedelics as well. It's well, definitely a way to do to do your dreaming in a conscious, semi-conscious state rather than a dream state. Music, biennial beats, but dance is another way to get yourself live dreaming and to whip the yeah. energy up a lot. Like get in a flow state. Yeah, yeah, we've got to get into the flow state. I think the more you let go of the sides and more you say, "I don't know." It's okay to have a no, I don't have any idea out there kind of response to something. What you start getting is epiphanies and information. And that's what we're looking for. And how amazing is it when you have a sleep epiphany? This is what I love about mm. it, that you do the work to like get mm. good sleep hygiene and learn mm. it, what you need and figure out how you're going to mm. sleep. Mm. You do the work to tap into your intuition mm. and to like set up your dream space and to honor it and to mm. use it as a portal for healing. And then some, then something magical happens and you just wake up with the inspiration or you wake up with the idea or you wake up with the healing and it all, you did the work to set it up, but then it all just kind of happens behind the scenes. And Magic. is that where you get your epiphany mainly? A lot. Yeah. 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 So I'll just wake up knowing something or later in the day, yeah, I'll be too. like, holy shit, that's. That's where it is. That or my yoga practice, which is another way of dreaming up. Me too. I was going to say moving. Yeah. At the end of my yoga practice, I'm like, that is genius. Mm -hmm. And also they need notebooks for Shavasana because that's where all my good ideas come through. But you're meant to be laying down with your eyes closed. I'm like, remember this, remember this, remember this. I'm the same. I'll be like moving, walking, yogaing, yeah. and I'll be just about to do mountain pose and I'll think, yeah. oh, damn, I've there got it, it. I can see yeah. the, the the key to the lock, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that there's a solution to every problem. I truly come at the world like that. I'm like, oh, there's the problem. Right, well, what's the solution? 
Mm-hmm. That's that's the lock. Where's the key? And I think if you can think like that, you become a visionary. You become someone who's looking for the insight and the foresight about how to change it or move it or open the door or get through the vortex. And you get excited by the locks. You get excited. It's like a puzzle, right? You don't get stopped by the locks. You get excited. Yeah, mm. yeah, because then you get yeah. to find the key. There's this really beautiful thing that happens as well when you start to tap into the unconscious dream space where it then begins to bleed into the conscious awake mm, space. It's my favourite thing. Of, oh, my God, it's so juicy. Synchronicity, deja vu. You see dots connect. You see the mm. matrix. It's all there. Mm. Do you know, before I met my partner, I had written an affirmation intention about the kind of person I wanted and the way they would feel. And one night I went to bed, completely wasn't thinking about it, wrote the affirmation, burnt it, sent it away, went, you'll deliver it when I, when it's meant to happen. I had let, let it go. And I had this dream one night that we were standing in the middle of Sydney on Oxford Street and he, I was with this tall, dark, very handsome man. He's and very handsome. He is handsome. And he held my face and he said, everything is going to be okay. I've got you. And then he opened my hand and he put in my hand this handful of stars and shut it. And I was like, oh, and I woke up and I had this lovely feeling. And then I think it was like six or seven months later, I had this party and it was my birthday and I had met him and he presented me with a ring that was all these stars connected and he put it in my hand and he said that's so you know I'm always with you and and you're like I completely forgot about it and had it on my finger and one day I was doing something and I went oh my god and I was like I was telling myself before it had even happened, you know, it had started space for it. to yeah. all come in. And it was so I wrote the affirmation and had the feeling and the intention. I released it. The dream came and then there was the confirmation. And I think that's a good way to think about it as well as the fact that you start getting deja vu. It's like a glitch in the matrix. It's like you're passing back over somewhere you've been before or something you need to remember and I take deja vu very seriously I'm like hold on a minute hold on a minute I have dream deja vu happening more and more where I'll dream something and then forget about it and then maybe eight nine months later Mm. all of a sudden I'll be in that exact position doing that exact thing and that will happen more often as you read yeah and I'll be like Mm. oh god I I saw this coming I really saw this coming okay so I have two things that happen now that I've been a reader for a really long time. Hit One me. is people will come to see me or I'll read them, I'll ring them, and I can immediately tell if they have been waiting in line to be read and I have already read them in their dream before I am about to read them. And I will say to them, I've already read you, not on this earth plane. I can tell you this, 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 and this was information come through in that dream that we've connected. I already know you. You don't even need to tell me about you, blah, 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 blah. The other thing that happens is I'll be teaching something or I'll be delivering something and I will already see the teaching or the way that person is going to move through it before we've even got to that place. So it's almost like they've, they've been learning it or connecting with me a long time before we get to that place because it's Mm, been impossible magic and often that long-term connection is built from a very deep spiritual dreaming space there's just 
it, it, it's it's almost as a reader you're in multiple places at once in multiple dimensions doing a lot of things a lot of work um I get it with a, a dear shaman friend of mine who I just know she lives on the other side of the world but I just know when she's in ceremony whenever mm. she's in an ayahuasca mm. ceremony I'm kind of there with her for bits of it mm. and likewise like we pop in and eat out of each other's ayahuasca ceremonies on a really regular basis and it's usually if I'm ever thinking of her I'm like yeah yeah she's definitely like definitely an ayahuasca that used to Um, happen to me with you the last few times that you went in and then came out and said she told me I have to go for a little bit I could feel every time you were in ceremony and had got that response Mm. and definitely if I'm mentoring students it's almost karmically like you're present for some of their journey and I'll know they're about to email before they email and I'll often write to them and they'll go, I was just about to email you. And you're like, I know. One of my favourite stories about how the dreaming world becomes the physical world is with the Guato monks and how they make the sand mandala and they do, it's almost like creating a dreaming ceremony. So they dream up the mandala, they create it with all the um, stones and mm-hmm. then they collect it all as a sign of letting go and detachment of what they've been making and they offer it back into the earth for healing Beautiful. one of the things that I love about it and I have seen this happen so many times and I for a while didn't know whether it was just a coincidence but once they gather that mandala up and they pray over the healing for the world and they put it into the water this phenomenal rainbow appears from exactly the point where they deliver it into the water over that space over that city and it's a very particular rainbow it is so big and so bright and it's these colors that just I have stopped a car and gone the Guato monks are in town done a bit of research and gone yep bingo dissolution of mandala day yeah so it's really powerful and spiritual shamans and healers and teachers use these worlds to heal each other themselves and their people connecting the dots is a really powerful tool to learn to do so you realize that nothing is out of randomness and sometimes it's not until you've got the bigger picture that you can go back and go ah that was the dots but every time you do that you'll get better at seeing the breadcrumbs on the way so like you said Kiralee having a dream journal next to your bed and writing those dots down is the best way to get that happening yeah being mindful if you want to connect with this space be mindful pay attention get some ritual happening oh yeah Yeah. dedicate some time and some space and some people just dream more that's their tool their superpower their gift I have clients that can write me a seven page dream and others Mm. who are like no but that doesn't mean they're not intuitive you Mm. know your power will come the way it needs to generally they come hand in hand but some people are really really powerful in the dream world and some people are just more powerful awake and intuitive and sleep more and rest more I think it's worth saying how can you shut your energy down a bit when you're dreaming if you want to sleep and actually heal your body and that's using that gold dome meditation that we spoke about where we imagine ourselves in a gold cocoon and we put a cross of or a symbol of protection from every one of our chakras from the top down we have recorded that in one of our episodes of the universal treasure chest for you to listen to if you're really wanting to get into that But I think it is important to give your body the chance to sleep and rest and heal and not always be going off. So if you're practicing this, I think once a week is a good idea, not every single night, because there are people who don't completely come back. 
Yeah, yeah. And it is one of those things as well that it's like maybe maybe you struggle with meditation. Maybe you struggle with a morning yoga practice. Maybe mm. you haven't kind of found your thing yet. You might get lucky and sleep might be your thing. <laughs> and you might be able to like explore this, set it up and just get the answers you're seeking during your sleep. Oh, Godspeed. May that, <laughs> may that work out for you. All right. So sleep, amazing. We love it. Dreams, incredible, epic, complicated, weird, wonderful and random. Yeah, what are our takeaways from today? Mm, we're sorting a lot out as a collective conscious and yes. as little individual beings on this planet at the moment in our dreaming space. That's pretty clear. Yeah, there's power in your dreams. Yeah, you can pay attention. Yeah, there's wisdom in your dreams, healing in your dreams. Yeah, and to also, I think, enjoy the fact that we've got this privilege of energy and connection and awareness that happens it's like Mm -hmm. no one can take that away from you it's your own little sparkle of information and phone line to the other side and it's your little space to nurture yeah it's your garden yeah Uh, my what the world needs now is very connected to the topic of uh, today's chat and I actually got um, onto this Instagram account as a result of you Lynette so thank you it's called dreaming and quarantining and it's all about tracking and documenting the quarantine dreams that people all around the world are having Mm. and it's so great to have it come up in in your insta feed and and yeah, it's see, fun. like, because you know, there are quite a few celebrity dreams happening at the moment, and they're hilarious. Um, so check it out, Instagram at Dreaming and Quarantining. And mine is, I'm going to recommend two things. One is an a piece of obsidian, black obsidian. If you've nice. got a piece of black obsidian. It's a great idea to put it under your pillow, under your mattress. Some people just chuck it in the bed with them if they're not sleeping with anyone else and just put it down the bottom. And it anchors and supports and provides a gravity around you. And the other is a mandala book, like a book of colouring mandalas. If you've never coloured a mandala, you'll be like, what? I but, currently have my sceptical face on, but but go. Yes, go. we often start there, but you'll get there. <laughs> They are really fun. Like I actually would recommend to anyone who has trouble in that last hour before you go to sleep and is addicted to the phone or the television or needs to do something and can't read to get out the colouring pencils and to do colouring mandalas. Ozzy Osbourne used to do dot to dots. I'm a huge dot to dot fan. But the colouring mandala is really great if you want to increase the dreaming. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne also used to eat live bats, but we're not doing that in quarantine, are we? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that would come up great in terms of the energetic backlash in your dreams. Yes, and balance of the world right now. (laughs) No. But definitely the mandala is a way to access the energies of increased dreaming sure great thank you so much for listening to the episode today thanks so much for being here with us if you are interested in us answering your questions we are interested in that too we are looking for your questions for our faq episode and you can hit us up on instagram hit us up on facebook or check out our website wooverse.com and you can send us a question through the website please rate and review us five stars handful of stars everybody loves it uh, and write a review it, it helps people find the pod it helps us share the love and it helps the whole squad vibrate higher so thank you for that and rl support you support you sweet dreams everyone i actually think i'm about to have a nap now it's gonna be great (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo Woo-verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Woo Woo-verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.